Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot, and it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make this switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's PatriotMobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Emily, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. We got to meet in person. When was that? June. June. God, it feels like it was longer ago than that. Oh, I know. Time is weird. Lately. Time is weird. But we met at a TPUSA like women's conference. We had friends in common. And then I started following you from that and have just been obsessed with you ever since. I think you I got are... you from Spillover. Oh, okay. Where yeah. you were on Spillover, right? Yeah. Jan- yeah. January of this year. Okay, perfect. We have a little... Thanks, Alex. I know. I know. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. So you are, in my very humble opinion, the queen of all things like hormone, period, fertility, female health. I learn so much from you. And this is a journey that I've been on, learning about my body, kind of taking back the power of knowledge. But you just make it like ingestible. You make it make sense and relatable and also feel like I can apply this and not have to completely overhaul my entire life. That's always my goal. That's always my goal is to make it like people are like, you make it easy AF. I'm like, that's, that's the goal. It's not rocket science. It's our bodies. You know, it's partly our intuition, but You don't have to be living on a farm, churning your own butter to like be healthy and have balanced hormones. Yeah. And like, if that's your gig, go for it. But I'm just, that's just not my thing. But I also do want to be better because I know what it's like to feel like crap. And I think there are a lot of women walking around feeling like crap, thinking that it is just their lot in life. Mm -hmm. This is what being a woman is. And I appreciate that about you, that you consistently are saying, 
like you know it doesn't have to no. be this way even down to like the worst of the worst of your period you're like it doesn't have to be hell on earth no it's not Absolutely. like this yeah welcome to womanhood no right i'm no. not gonna accept that yeah we're gonna go through a little bit of a, a list because there's a lot of things that i wanted to cover when i was envisioning what i wanted 2024 to look like for the podcast a big part of it was like empowerment and education that feels less intimidating and more like conversational and you were honestly like one of the first people that i pitched for this season (laughs) because i knew that this is just really important and i think it can be easy to skip over because we've been taught to skip over it Mm -hmm. we've been taught to just kind of move on and so how often do you ex- like encounter women that literally don't even know that their cycle has four phases? Every day. Every day. Or women that think they can get pregnant every day of the month. Women that are like, yeah, my periods are horrible. My cramps are horrible. But like, that's normal. It is what it is. Experience it. It is what it is. But just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. And mm. I think that's such a big misconception. A hundred percent. When I realized that my cycle had four phases, I felt so much less crazy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. your body knows, like your brain knows, oh, I feel on top of the world right now. I could do anything. And it's like two weeks later, you're like, I want to crawl in a hole and die. <laughs> <Literally, laughs> I, I want all the chocolate. I want yeah. french fries. I don't want to leave the house. Yeah. So we're going to go into all of that. I just want to like let people know we are going to break down the phases of your cycle. We're going to tell you what's best for you, what's worst for you, what they all impact. But first, I want to talk a little bit about this lack of education and the fact that there are so many women walking around, honestly, completely disassociated from their own bodies. Mm -hmm. You kind of have a little bit of that experience. We, We talked before we started recording about kind of your journey of health. Tell us. So, like, you get on birth control at 15, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah. At first, it was fine. Yeah. And it is wild because I didn't I didn't need to be on it. Yeah. At 15, I didn't have crazy periods. I do remember them being painful, but not stay home from school painful, which I know a lot of women also experience. But it mm-hmm. was like heating pad on my stomach, heating pad on my back, like, I would have to take breaks from work sometimes and, like, go in the back. I do remember that. But again, on birth control, I think my mom just was like, okay, this is what everyone's doing. Yeah. And God bless her. She's like, if I would have known, I'm like, it's okay. I'm here now. I'm here now. So I would do it all over again. But yeah, over the years, it just got worse. So I got on at 15 and it was okay. All my friends were on it. I didn't think anything of it. And I know I wasn't told by my doctor, like, hey, these are the possible short-term side effects, long-term side effects. I mean, we're talking like, blood clots can happen, brain aneurysms, like these things, like they kill women and girls and no no one talks about it. There's no black box warning. It is labeled as a group one carcinogen, but you're not told that. Right. And like at 15, that means nothing to you. No, I had (laughs) no idea. So it just, it got worse and worse later on. I have always been health conscious. So I was healthy, always worked out, always ate well. But at a certain point, kind of in my earlier 20s, everything backfired. I was eating healthy, but I was gaining weight rapidly. I had no energy. I was losing my hair. I had no libido. And I had this like Goldilocks mindset of like, I just need to find the right birth control. 
Mm. And so it got to a point where I tried four in one year. One made me psycho, like typical psycho girlfriend. Mm -hmm. One made me depressed to the point where I couldn't get off the couch and I had no libido. I would look at my boy, the man that I love, and I would feel nothing. And it was the scariest feeling. I just felt like a stranger in my own body. Yeah. Like I was like, it was like an out of body experience and it was terrifying. And my doctor told me it's normal. Like she was like, we can put you on another one or you could try this one. And it was then that I realized like, there's something going on and I need to get off of this. Yeah. So how was it getting off of it? Because I know like some people get off and it's fine. Some people get off and like everything gets worse. Yeah, it really, it kind of depends also what you had going on before you got on birth control. So if you got on birth control because you had irregular periods and acne and all of this, and then birth control fixed you, mm-hmm. which what it really does is just shut down your actual hormone cycle. So it shuts down your hormones. Basically, your ovaries go to sleep. And then it's a constant stream of like exogenous hormones that just trick your body. So what happened to me is I got off. And even though I hadn't really experienced those things, I dealt with something what they call post-birth control syndrome which is basically like once you get off of it and your hormones are coming back online, well, what birth control also does is it messes with your gut. It messes with so many different things. And once you get off of it, if your hormones, like let's say young girls, 14, 15, some as young as 10 or 11 are put on birth control, your menstrual cycle hasn't fully developed. Like it also doesn't know what it's doing when it first comes online. Right. And so they say our menstrual cycle actually doesn't mature until like 18 to 20. So if you then shut it all down Mm. and then fire it all up 10 years later, it goes haywire. Yeah. My weight gain was worse. My acting was worse at first, which is again, why I kind of developed my protocol, my online course. Because like, I didn't know these things. No one told me these things. And I had to figure it out and kind of bootstrap it and figure it out as I went and like trial and error, which took me honestly like two years. It was crazy. Really? I think 2017 or 2018. So you've been off of it for a good while. Like you, but yeah. is that when you were like, okay, like something's got to change. Let's figure yeah. this out. And yeah. no doctors are really helping me with this. No. In fact, like my doctor did the opposite. Like she like fear mongered me and was like, if you get off, you're going to get pregnant. I'm like, what? Like, I'm going to track my cycle. Like, at that point, I had done some research yeah. on the fertility awareness method. And she basically was like, see you when you're pregnant. Like, good luck. And ju- it was just so insane. And I had a bunch of gut issues at the time, too. And so gluten-free, all of that, like, doctors didn't even, it was eight years ago. So they didn't know. Seven years ago, they are like, I don't know, you have IBS, maybe. And I'm like, no, that's not it. Yeah. And so I took matters in my own hands. I was like, you're not helping me. Yeah. I'm going to figure this out. And then I did. And then I made it my mission. Right. Hey, I'm going to be the resource that I wish I had when I was, when I felt so alone, like struggling with your hormones, feeling disconnected, having no libido, having hormonal acne. Like it is so isolating. It is. Well, and I think a lot of people have that experience of trusting a doctor. You almost like hand your life over mm-hmm. because it impacts everything. Those whatever the pill is, you know, for you it was birth control, for me it was an antidepressant, an SSRI, whatever it is. I don't think either of us are necessarily saying no, never, ever, don't do yeah. these Meh, I might feel that way about birth control. I okay, I used to fence it. I used to fence it and say, you know, do what's best for you. 
I'm anti-birth control. At this point, I'm like, I'm taking a stance. I'm anti. I really don't think that any woman needs to be on it. Can it help for like a month if you're having insanely heavy bleeding? Yes, it'll it'll help in the meantime so you don't bleed out, right? Like these things happen. Like young girls, tragic things can happen. Like in that case, but after that, like no woman needs to be on it long-term, period. I just had this conversation with some friends at the gym where the three of us were talking and one of them kind of as an assignment, oh, like I'm thinking about getting on something, but she kind of was looking at me and I was like, look, I'm not that girl. First of all, I'm not going to judge you. Like, this is not a judgment situation. This isn't a, oh, you're on birth control. Ew. Like, that's not, that is not the vibe. But it's also informed consent, I think, Mm -hmm. is more the conversation that needs to be had of why do you really want to get on it? Is your doctor open to you getting on it, but having a plan to get you off of it? Or are they just sticking you on this forever? Because I don't think that there's really very many things in the medical world as far, far as pharmaceuticals that were meant to be used that way in our bodies. No, definitely not. They're meant to be like short-term, last-resort options to kind of help you get your head above water so that you can fix the issue. But there are so few people in that system that are actually treating things that way. It's like training wheels. But like even then, I'm like, even then, it's Mm-mm-mm. no like if you could go back you probably wouldn't it was not ideal to get put on birth control at 15 no i don't even you know? know why i wasn't sexually active i didn't right. like all of these things i'm like i don't even know why i was put on it you know and it's not like it was malicious my mom just didn't know yeah i mean that's i i walked into a college health center at 18 and was like i am drowning i cannot keep up with my caseload i'm depressed and they were like here you go Mm-hmm. 15 years later I'm like figuring out how to get off of it but I, again I think that just comes back to women are not taught about their bodies we're not mm-hmm. taught about it in biology class we're not taught about it I mean I think especially for our generation like our mothers didn't know either no you know what I mean like again not a malicious move they didn't know either what do you find are the impacts or the fallout of generations of women that like are completely disassociated from their bodies. I mean, it, it's so many things, right? I, I think that it affects one fertility, So we're dealing with a fertility crisis right now. And it's so many things. It's birth control. It's the health. It's the environmental toxins. It's all of that. Yeah. But I just think it's this disconnection from our bodies, from our creator, from these things that are what matters, right? I mean, we were created, we were designed to like child rear, grow mm-hmm. to make babies and raise them. And our period is an integral part of that. And it's this like secret thing. I don't even remember. I think my mom gave me like a book mm-hmm. that taught me about my body. Mm-hmm. And again, like I love her to death. And looking back now, she's like, I wish I homeschooled you. I wish I never juiced you. I wish like all of these things. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Fu- I'm as fine as I can be, you know? Yeah. And I just think it's just this siphoning of women's power and just taking it away. And we live in a time where like, yeah, they're trying to kind of like erase women, right? And so I think that plays into it. It's political, it's health, it's so many things. It's spiritual, it's religious, it's, it goes so deep. On the spiritual side, what's hysterical is when I started really looking into this and the four phases and and all this kind of stuff, there was genuine feedback that was like, this sounds woo-woo. And I was like, 
I didn't make this stuff up. Yeah. This is hormonal and created by our creator who made women so intricately and incredibly. We can experience four different viewpoints and experiences every month. How is that woo-woo? But that's a line that Christian women are sold often about their own bodies and their own experiences to like keep them away from the power that they could leverage if they knew. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's taking away your power. And I know there's like women do like full moon rituals and like you can pick anything too far. Exactly. Exactly. I know you get it. And I know anyone listening to you that follows you gets that. Yeah. And it's like, Yes, we are, we're created kind of like as a reflection of the earth and the Mm -hmm. seasons that the earth goes through. And it's just this beautiful, like art imitates life kind of thing that I think is just more proof of our God. Exactly. I feel the same way when the fact that the four like line up with the seasons and it's really actually not that complicated. No. Is the crazy part. I know that this can feel really intimidating and like a lot of information but i promise once you know it's actually not hard it's easier yes it makes your life easier yeah thinking of everything as the seasons also makes it super digestible and like easy to understand it's my favorite metaphor so speaking of these phases or seasons of our body they impact everything Like you and I were trying to kind of brainstorm the list of things that this impacts, and it is head to toe. Can you list off some of them? Yeah. So, I mean, your hormones, literally, they're like little chemical messengers, okay? They're like little DMs, little messages that get sent from your brain to your different organs that tell them what to do. So they're in charge of like your libido, so your sex drive, your metabolism, your sleep, your hunger, your creativity, your energy levels, quite literally the way that you look. Yes. Your skin, your hair, like when it's like drier, greasier, your skin has more moisture or less. It's all connected. I'm very impacted this way socially as well. Yes. Like my social capacity, I can directly see that in where I am in my in my phases. Oh, yeah. But it's like don't make plans like mm, the few days leading up to your period and on your period. Just don't. Yeah. yeah. Which is the coolest part of tracking it, too, is like you get to learn these inclinations, social inclinations, or I notice every month around this time, I crave chocolate or I fight with my significant other, my spouse, I pick fights, I'm irritated. And you can kind of learn this and then you feel less crazy, right? There's a pattern to it. And you can go, oh, it's not me. I'm not crazy. I'm not just like picking fights. And the more you know, the more you can kind of be like, oh, okay. Like this isn't me. This isn't what he's doing, what they're doing. It's just something that I'm going through. And you can get ahead of it. Yep. You know, so for example, I just did this whole series this weekend because when we're recording, I am actually on my period. I saw your stories. And I was like, not only do I have to be bleeding out, but I feel like the ugliest person on the planet. Like, (laughs) I'm like, has my face changed? Or is it the way that I view myself has changed? Exactly. Someone was like, do I have face dysmorphia? Yes. And I was like, no, your face can change. Like your skin texture, you can look more dry and dull versus like when you're ovulating, your bone structure literally shifts slightly to make you have softer features, which make you more attractive. Right. 
so you can make a baby. Exactly. To mate, get pregnant. Isn't that crazy? Like, and like, that is that's what our bodies want to do. Whether we want to or not, like, that's what our bodies are designed to do. That's what they're going to do month after month after month. Is try to attract a mate and get knocked up. (laughs) That's it. That's the goal. It is your body's goal. And I always want to give like the necessary caveat. Like, I know that there are women who are listening who can't get pregnant or have not been able to get pregnant. And that doesn't mean that you're broken. And it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. We do live in a broken earth, unfortunately, with extenuating circumstances that impact all of those things. I mean, I do think some of it is a result, like you said earlier, of an entire generation of women being put on something that drastically impacts your fertility at really young ages and just left on it pretty much their whole lives. There's a kind of a natural line that you can draw from Mm -hmm. one to the other. But I always want to like be sensitive to that because I have so many friends that have had miscarriages after miscarriages. And it also comes back to this like idea of safety. If we're not not getting pregnant or we're not able to stay pregnant, right? There's miscarriages or you're struggling with infertility. Your body doesn't feel safe right now. And like, that's such a big thing of like, how can we make our bodies feel safe again? Mm -hmm. A safe environment to raise, to grow and raise a baby is like one of the main things of our bodies constantly under threats, whatever that looks like. I know if you're a woman listening, you might think, I don't feel stressed, but I want you to compare your life to like someone, even just 50 years ago, 70 years ago. How vastly different is your life, your responsibilities, your environment different? The food you're eating. You're eating the phones, the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And it all, it all adds up. And I will say to any woman, like healing is possible. Yeah. Healing is possible for any woman. I don't care what you've been told by your doctor. You are not broken. Like there is hope. Tell them. That's so good. So let's get into these phases because I think that there's probably women listening who have no idea. There's women who are like mildly aware, but don't really understand how this works. Mm-hmm. So I don't, where do you even start? You, you're the teacher. Okay. You know which one to start with. <laughs> I could say this. I've even trained my now fiance. He knows the phases. I'll ask him like, what foods should I eat with this? And he's so cute. He knows them all. So like, ladies, your man can know this too. But we start, so day one of your cycle, which a healthy cycle is like anywhere between 26 to 35 days around there. Doesn't need to be perfect 38 or 28, but day one of your cycle. So day one of your period marks day one of your cycle. Okay. Like I think when I was, when I was younger, I was like, I'm either on my period or not on my period. And that's it. Phases and that's it. And same. I think I felt that way like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's women like up until probably two days ago, if they saw my account, they were like, what? <laughs> I didn't know. And so, yeah, your period actually marks the beginning yeah. of your cycle. And so that's your menstrual phase. So usually last healthy period is going to last anywhere from like three to six days of full bleed. So like not spotting, like we're talking yeah. full bleed, three to six days, that's your menstrual phase. I want you to think of this as like your inner winter. And what do we do during winter? Do we go out? We no. don't. We hibernate. We are introspective. We journal. We take bubble baths. We really focus on ourselves. Yes, we eat hearty, cozy things, stews and sweet potatoes and like slow cooked meat, all those kinds of things. So the easiest way to compare your menstrual phase is to your winter. 
So we're not going out. We're not working out super hard. We're taking it easy. We're focusing on rest. And this is so important because it's going to impact the whole rest of your cycle. So after your menstrual phase, which is your winter, you move into your follicular phase, which is the second phase of your cycle. This lasts like about 10-ish days. This is your inner spring. So the same way like the flowers are blooming, your hormones are beginning to rise. On your period, all hormones are at an all-time low. Everything's low. This is why you just feel lethargic and unmotivated. That is normal. Just like Netflix and chill it out. Yeah. So follicular inner spring, your energy is rising. Your hormones are rising. This is a good time to like get back into your workouts. And this is, if we think of spring, we want to get like, get outside, start socializing, make some plans during this time. Creativity is peaking. So creativity is at a high. So like, this is kind of the best time to outline journal brainstorm and map out anything that you want to do for the month ahead. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like your springboard. Yeah. And during this time, you're preparing for ovulation. So ovulation is the next phase, but you want to prepare with like healthy fats, cholesterol rich foods to prepare for like a healthy egg, healthy ovulation, healthy fats. And then also you want to support your gut during this time. So like sauerkraut, probiotics, things like that, because your gut microbiome also changes over the course of the month. Next, next is ovulation. This is your inner summer. The best part. The best. Yeah. You're peaking. You look the best. Your hair looks the best. You feel the best. You have the most energy. Even if like during this time, let's say like you have a night where you didn't get great sleep, you're probably still going to feel great. Mm-hmm. You can do better on less sleep, get more energy, smash those workouts, go out. Horny. <laughs> yeah. Sex drive is an all-time high. All-time high. Your husband, your boyfriend's wearing a backwards hat. It's over. Game over. Over. <laughs> so yeah, you. this is just like the best time. I come across a lot of women that are like, this is when I feel the worst. That would indicate you, since all your hormones are peaking during this time, if you have like higher testosterone, higher cortisol, higher estrogen, it's going to like be too much. And you might break out, you might feel bloated, you might have water retention, constipation, all of these things. So that would be an indication that like something's off if you don't feel your during this time. If we think about summer, the foods to eat are like light, fresh, raw fruits and veggies, salads, seafood water-rich foods to combat any water retention. So like coconuts, apples, dates, fruits, melon, things you would eat in the summer. And then you move into, and ovulation is the main event. So this is the time when you can get pregnant. Ovulation lasts for 24 hours, but sperm can live for five days. So your fertile window is six days. So 24 plus the five days is six. You cannot get pregnant every day of the month. I just had someone in my DM saying like, No, you actually can, but it's just a higher chance when you're ovulating. No, it's physically impossible to get pregnant outside of your fertile window, which is a maximum of six days for every woman. How long does like feeling like you're at your best typically last? Like how long does that little window last? It depends. For me, it's like four to five days. It'll start like three days before ovulation, which is like Mm -hmm. peak fertility. So like three days before to like a couple days after, I usually yeah. ride that way. So like schedule interviews, schedule dates, yep. schedule photo shoots. Like this is the time to do that. Yes. And then we move into your luteal phase, which is the last and longest phase of your cycle. This lasts anywhere between like 10 to ideally 14 days. The length of your luteal phase is governed by progesterone. 
So if you have a short luteal phase, like you're like, I ovulate and ovulation occurs around day 14. I forgot to say that, but it's around day 14. So sometimes 13, 14, 15, 16, depending on where you're at, which is why I don't recommend following period tracker apps that just like smack that flower on day 14 because all women are different. But then you move into your luteal phase. So if you have a shorter luteal phase means you probably lack progesterone, okay, which is what you really need to get pregnant and sustain a pregnancy. So to lengthen that luteal phase, again, f- cholesterol-rich foods, healthy fats, eating enough, right? eating enough. Too many women do not eat enough. I eat 1,600 calories. That's not enough. No. Like toddlers eat like 13 to 1,400 calories. So you need to be eating. You need to be nourishing your body. Again, making it a safe place for a baby. Yeah. If that's your main goal, like not about you. It's not about this idea of what you should look like or what you should feel like. Like you're trying to prepare for pregnancy or, I mean, I think any diet, your diet should be a fertility diet. Yeah. Because fertile means healthy. I say, if you're not like happy, hungry, and horny, you're not, (laughs) something's off. Like something is off. You should feel happy most of the time. Yeah. Um, Hungry, have a meta, like have an appetite and horny, have a sex drive. So these are all things that we need. So luteal phase, again, 10 to 14 days. This is your autumn. This is your inner fall as the seasons change. So you go from ovulation where you're peaking and then luteal is going to end in your menstrual phase, your period. So the first half, you're still going to kind of ride that ovulation high. You're going to feel good. Keep working out. Keep listening to your body. Push, you know. And then as you get closer to your period, really pull back. Yeah. Your metabolism increases during this time by about 10%. And yeah, this is when we're actually the most prone to stress. So if you think about it, this is when our body would be nurturing a possible pregnancy. So it is on high alert for outside threats to say like, is this safe? Is this not safe? Yeah. And outside threats can look like anything. It can look like skipping breakfast and fasting, over-exercising, under-eating, staying up late, you know, blue light screens late at night. So many things can affect this. So you really want to like during this time, the week before your period, avoid a ton of like fried processed foods. Mm-hmm. You should do it all the time, but especially during then, pull back on caffeine, really avoid alcohol during this time, just anything that's going to increase inflammation in the body. And immune system is slightly pre- repressed. Again, to like make room for a baby so your body doesn't reject it, your immune system is slightly repressed. So if you find yourself like, I'm always getting sick before my period. I know so many women say that yeah. increase vitamin C, like in your follicular phase, up your vitamin C rich foods, even potatoes. Potatoes are really high in vitamin C and potassium, which is crazy. Yeah. I just got a head cold like the day before my period started this time. Now, the more you know, <laughs> I buy those little like immunity shots. I love yeah. those. I'll take those. Peak, Peak has their yeah. um, vitamin C. So there's so many easy ways to get in a little extra. But yeah, so luteal phase is like your inner fall. So the seeds are changing. You're going from ovulation to your period. And then it starts all over. And that, again, I'm sure that like, first of all, you explained that so well and relatably. (laughs) That hopefully wasn't overwhelming. I'm sitting here like I'm done having babies. Me personally, I'm done. But the idea of treating my body as though it is trying to create a baby really does make so much sense. And I feel like would be a catalyst for just being a little bit nicer to yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I think 
you know, there's women that are in that season that are trying to get pregnant, whether it's for the first time or the fifth time. Mm-hmm. But the women that are like outside of that zone, that doesn't mean we have to completely take that out of our minds and and act like, oh, that's not on the table. And I'm sitting here like I've completely taken that off the table. I'm only 35. Like my body <laughs> yeah. very much still prepared to make a baby every single yeah. month. And so just as like a way to be nicer to yourself of like, why am I so stressed out? Oh, because my body thinks that it might have another human in it right now. Yeah. And so it's on high alert. It's looking for stressors. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to protect you. Like your body's always working for you. Your body is not your enemy. Yes. Yes. It's, we have this idea, my body hates me. I can't lose weight. This idea also that like I turned 30 and shit, if everything hit the fan, your metabolism actually doesn't change, shouldn't change, isn't designed to change from age 20 to age 60. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of a hard pill to swallow because all everyone's like, when you turn 30, it's just your lifetime of like mm-hmm. toxic exposure and toxins and stress. And like, what do most people spend their 20s doing? Working, hustling, you drinking. know, going out, drinking, college, stress, finals. If you're a lawyer, residency, doctor, all of these things, or even having babies. I was about to say, I just had babies super young. I didn't party through my 20s, but yeah. I was covered in other people's bodily fluids and never had a second for myself. No. And you depleted, know? right? You pour everything into your children, your nutrients, like quite literally, literally. a child out of what you are made of. Yeah. You sustain it. <laughs> With your body, you keep it alive, right? Still with yourself, so like all of these things. And I know I might hear like, "Oh, really? It doesn't change." But like, how cool is it that you're in control? Yeah, is it to know that you can change the course of that? You can restore your metabolism. You can work on it and improve it. Yeah, because I mean, so thirty for me, I definitely did like a little bit of a nosedive. My kids were pretty young still; they were still two and three or four so still like in the trenches and I look back at pictures of myself in that season and I remember being like oh my metabolism is caught up with me and like that that's it like Mm -hmm. that ship has sailed at 30 like uh, please don't like put me in a grave at 30 like my life has just begun and I'm so thankful that instead of going the route of kind of this is just this just is what it is and is what I am destined for. I'm too hard-headed for that and was kind of like, mm, I don't want to feel like this forever. And learning about my cycle and learning, like when you were saying, you know, you pick fights with your husband more or your significant other more, oh, yeah. we've gotten so that, so talking about your luteal phase, I look at my luteal like early and late luteal because they are mm-hmm. completely different. Oh, completely different. Yep. Like I can ride that post ovulation for a good week. And then I swear I can in a moment feel my hormone shift and go, oh, here it is. Here she is. <laughs> it will just like send my husband a text and be like, like, it's typically almost seven days to the day before I start my period. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm probably going to start my period in a week. And he'll be like, all right. <laughs> That's why. Oh, so you're going to like maybe pick a couple of extra fights? Cool, cool, cool. Like, got extra it. Extra sensitive, extra needy, extra yes. clingy, but like not. Yeah. Like, I want you here until I don't. But also get your feet 
off of me. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just communicating. Yeah. But you can't communicate that if you don't know. If you just think you're crazy, if you don't see the pattern, if you just right. think like, oh, I just pick fights. No. You can look at the track like every month. There's a pattern there. So you said don't rely on period apps. What tell how do we do that? So I started hand charting. I think every woman should know how everything works and how to chart by hand. So I did that for a little while. You can download like, you know, menstrual cycle charts. And I practice something called the fertility awareness method, okay. which has been around like hundreds, I'm sure hundreds of years. Yeah. But like officially, I think over a hundred years now. And some people call it like natural family planning, right. like NFP. That's like another main name. But I practice the symptothermal method, which involves tracking your temperature and charting your cervical fluid. Cause that's again, your cervical fluid discharge, whatever you want to call it, yeah. changes over the course of the month. Yep. And you might think that you didn't understand that either because I sure as heck didn't until I found out. I go, oh, like that's normal for it to change. And again, this is to help your body get pregnant. All of these things are to help you get pregnant, but they're right. good little identifiers. So I use the symptothermal method. So track my temperature with what is called a basal body thermometer. So it's a special kind of thermometer. You'll find it like where the condoms are, like the family planning section. Mm-hmm. It's more precise because it goes to two decimal points. Okay. The way that it works is that before ovulation, your temperature will like dip and then spike and stay sustained until you get your period. So it'll look like this, boom, ovulation, and then it'll stay up till you get your period. And we're talking half degree, three yeah. quarters of a degree, maybe one, maybe. Not really enough for a normal temperature, to, normal thermometer to catch. Yeah. So this is very predictable. Like this is how our bodies work. This method is 99.3 or 99.7% effective. Wow. When practiced correctly. So with perfect practicing, which I've been using it now for five years, five years at least. And your doctor will tell you that it's a joke, that it doesn't work. And again, it takes work. Okay. It is harder than taking a pill every day. Yes. But it is so worth it again to be in tune with your body and to understand these things. So what I use now is my aura ring. Okay. So I have this ring that tracks my temperature. They recently did an update where they partnered with natural cycles, which is a tracking app. Mm-hmm. And it has like a patented algorithm. It has been cleared by the FDA It is a form of contraceptive like this app. It works. Wow. It's crazy. So it tracks your temperature. It'll sync it to the app. And then it'll give you basically like a green light or a red light. Okay. Fertile or not fertile. Yeah. And it tracks so many other things. So you can put notes in there. Did you have a headache? Were you spotting? Did you have cramps? How was your mood? How was this? You can put, if you're trying to conceive, you can put, if you've had sex, all of these things that you can track and see. Yeah. And it's just so cool to have all of that in front of you. Yeah. Going back to, you said something about like, it's hard, but it's like, it's harder than taking a pill every day. Yes. That I think is so indicative of where we are as women. It's kind of choose your hard. Yeah. You can choose your hard that looks like education and self-awareness and empowerment, or you can choose your hard that looks easy in the short term, which is just taking birth control, not paying attention to this stuff, not prioritizing it. Your hard is going to come later and it's going to suck and it's not going to feel empowering And it's not going to make your life better. It's going to suck. 
Yeah. And I think you and I both have had at least brushes with that mm-hmm. where we can both say like, I've done it both ways. I've done it the, I don't really know what's going on with my body. And I'm just kind of like taking all of the medications and letting whatever happens happen hard. And I've done the hard that is like learning and paying attention. And yeah, like it's expensive to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. It, to some degree, it's a little bit more expensive. It's attainable, but it's expensive. Pay now or pay later. Right. Exactly. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's yeah. no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such like, like I was saying that Goldilocks birth control that I thought. I yeah. just need to find the right one. And that's another thing I want to mention is that like people will probably ask, oh, is it, what about the pill? What about the patch? What about the shot? What about the implant? What about the IUD? They, all hormonal birth controls work the same. The right. copper IUD is a little different. It doesn't have hormones. So people think it's better. I want to reiterate this, that the copper IUD, one, copper toxicity is an issue. Yep. The way that it works is by inflaming the uterus so nothing can attach, right? Nothing can Perfect. It Then what we're finding is that inflammation is not localized. It spreads throughout the whole body. And it doesn't prevent ovulation. It doesn't prevent fertilization. Mm. You know, I know that your listeners, this matters to them. Like essentially, if you are on that and fertilization happens, like it's just going to abort it. It's just going to get rid of it. And I have met not met one woman that has used a copper IUD that was aware of that. No, I had one at one point for a very short period because it, wrecked me i've heard the worst stories about the copper iud and then trying to get that sucker out the pain that was so insanely painful in every other country they gave women anesthesia to put iud's in what except the u.s yeah i had a comment from someone in the uk and they were like they don't give you anything and i was like no i almost passed out from the pain when i got my iud and she's like they give us like they give us anesthesia or you know and i was like are you kidding me? Because it was horrible. Like I remember horrible. like sitting up and she was like, oh no, honey, lay back down. Like I almost passed out. I was sick. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's crazy. It's so on brand. I know. Not even like not even it's shocking, but not surprising. I know. Honestly. Isn't that sad now? We're like, wow, but not surprised. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That tracks. Okay. Let's <laughs> talk about periods because I like you. I don't think I don't think I even got a book. I think I just started my I actually no, I know. I started my period at a Renaissance festival. I was just gonna ask it, what's your story? Yeah, started my period in one of those like like in a stall at a Renaissance festival when I was in like the seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And literally like came out and was like, something is wrong. There is <laughs> something's something. happening. I kind of thought I'd like pooped myself because oh, it was no. like brown yeah <laughs> that like dead like dead the old blood the yeah. old blood or whatever mm-hmm. and my like my mom was like oh no you probably started your period and I was like what's that <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. my education surrounding periods started like in my 30s to be totally honest because I think that's common yeah I knew I did know so I got pregnant when I was 22 and I knew about ovulation but that was exclusively because i like googled yeah how to get pregnant no most women don't learn until they're trying to get pregnant right most women don't get off birth control yeah so like i just like bought the little ovulation sticks and like 
peed on him until the little happy face turned on and then like had sex. And I mean, I got pregnant super easily, thankfully, but we know so little about our bodies and especially about our periods. And I think it's hurting us as Mm -hmm. women. I posted something a while back about like, have you ever heard the concept of red tent? I don't think so. So it's not in the Bible, but it is a practice from biblical times where they would have a red tent. And when women were on their periods, they would go to the red tent and they would rest and they would bleed and they would eat and they would be together and they would like be sequestered like off from the men. And I'm like, bring back the red tent. (laughs) Red moon cycles and white moon cycles. So a lot of women, like our cycles also, obviously, if they're a month, what else is a month is the moon cycle. So a lot of women either ovulate with the full moon or the new moon. So they have their period then with either the full moon or the new moon. And the idea is, and when I learned this, my mind was blown because I realized I had the opposite one. And so they're like, well, most women, I think, have their period. They have a red moon cycle. But women with a white moon cycle are healers. And they were the women that were the opposite. So as all the other women were bleeding, they would take care of them. So there's a reason why we're, isn't that, I have full body chills. It's so, again, we were so beautifully designed. Yeah. And like intricately at, for community as well, mm-hmm. which that's a he whole, thought of everything. Yeah. He literally thought of everything. But in today's age, I mean, your period starts and nothing changes. No, it's a man's world, you know? Like, I hate to say, like, it's a man's world, but it really is. But it is. It's a world that was built by men. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't work that way. We no. don't have a 24-hour cycle. Like, men wake up, they have a day, they go to sleep. Like, that's it. 24-hour hormone cycle. They're great. Yeah. We have 28-ish day cycle. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you shouldn't expect to, like, crush it every day, feel great every day, be motivated every day. We're not built that way. No, we're not. I literally, <laughs> there was a guy at the gym that I we're always there at the same time. And I was on my period and I'm walking on the treadmill, reading my book. And he was like, you're not lifting today. I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm not feeling it. He was <laughs> like, like, oh, like he didn't like call me the P word, but like, was like, like, mm-hmm. joking. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's kind of like, and I, <laughs> I was like, sorry, my hormones don't reset every 24 hours. Okay. Leave me alone. Literally. And he was like, Oh, yeah, you're like, <laughs> pull up a chair. I have something to tell you. Yeah. And I mean, I think he got it. Like in that moment, he was like, I think I said the word hormones. And he was like, yeah. period, I'm out, whatever. Like, it's fine. You're great. <laughs> but also, okay, side note really quick. The fact that like, we're not allowed to talk about it or men think it's gross or even women, right? This idea, like when we whisper like, hey, do you have a tampon? No. Like we all have periods, guys. Yeah. Come on. Why is it a secret? Why are we hiding tampons like it's like the black market like oh back alley like here's a pad like hiding it in our sleeve walking to the bathroom mm-hmm. that was actually on the list of like myths about our period was like the idea that periods are dirty and like should God. be like kept secret first of all I'm sorry that this makes you uncomfortable like I don't know very many women that it makes uncomfortable anymore like I'm 35 my friends are my age like mm-hmm. that ship has kind of sailed But for men, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to make myself and my experience smaller and sanitized to make you feel better. I am currently bleeding out and I could still run circles around you. So 
they think you can do, I can do bleeding. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's actually like, weirdly enough, one of the most clean, it's our body cleaning itself. I was also. just about to say, like, how can it be dirty when it's my body like resetting to try to create life again? Can your body do that? Yeah. Can it foster life? Can you 3D print a human? Oh, didn't think so. Like, oh, it's crazy. But I also want to say, like, it is such a gift to be married to someone that he is like, you go curl up on the corner, in the corner of the couch with your book. Girl, yeah. leave her alone. You know, like, so Come he on. protects me really well. But I think in part because I've educated myself and therefore educated him. Because I yeah. think for the first probably eight years of our marriage, I believed the like, which is essentially a lie. Oh, like, okay, started my period. Nothing changes. Let's keep trucking. Like, yeah. I'm still going to keep going at 100%. No days off. And then I'm like, why do I hate everything and everyone? It makes it so much worse. It, it really does. does. I think I'm going to add a module to my course. That's like, here, have your husband's boyfriend, have them watch this. That's a great idea. I'm thinking about even having Daniel. Yeah. Because like, it'll be in his words. Yes. Like, how can we support the women that we, they, that we love? Yeah. And the first step is just like understanding it. Just yeah. understanding it that I, the world may be telling you that I am going to just keep trucking like everything's fine, but that's not truth. That's not the way I was created. And I'm like done holding myself to that standard. If this podcast yeah. episode does nothing else for the women listening, let it be that. Like you do not need to continue living your life like you have a 24 hour cycle because yeah. you don't. No more apologizing. Yes. Like, no more. I just, no more staying small. No more making yeah. your small again, small and sanitized and perfect and quiet. And mm -mm, we're not playing that game anymore. No, we're not. What are some practical ways that we can slow down and support ourselves in that season, in that phase? Yeah. So when you're on your period, again, like don't go out. Your social, your battery in general is on zero. Yeah. All your hormones are at their lowest. And so what you can do is you can rest. I'm not saying you you don't have to you can be catatonic. Like if you want to go for a walk, go for a walk, get outside. But again, don't go to parties. Don't make plans. Don't plan interviews or like podcasts. Like, don't do any of that. Yeah. Give yourself grace. It's the biggest thing I can say is yeah. give yourself grace for where you are. Again, eat hearty foods, like nourishing, grounding foods that are going to warm your body. Mm -hmm. And again, this idea of safety, this idea of winter. So like everything you would do in the winter of like staying in baked cookies. Yeah. Make a bubble bath. I know I'm going to start my period when the urge to bake sets in. Okay. So nesting. This is a big thing also like in yes. your luteal phase. Like this idea of nesting is huge. Again, you could be nurturing a possible pregnancy at this time. You might notice yourself in your luteal phase. You're baking. You're cleaning. You're organizing. Organizing. Oh. 100%. If I'm deep cleaning my closet, do you bet I'm about to get my period. A hundred percent. But I love that. And yeah. I love that I'm not like, sorry, I'm being crazy. I'm organizing. I'm like, this is what my body wants right now. Yeah. I don't want to get out there and be a badass bee. I want to like nest and make my home cozies. Be a little homemaker. Exactly. So that when I'm like a little bit down for the count for a minute, that my home is like prepared for it. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like, I'm so thankful that late luteal phase Blake cooked gluten-free 
chocolate chip cookies. Period yeah. Blake is about that. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like all of these things, again, it goes back to like, he made no mistakes. He knew yeah. what he was doing, all of these. And once you get off birth control and you do get in tuned, you will know. Yeah. You will have an inner knowing. You will have these inclinations. You will probably crave the foods I was talking about. Like when I'm ovulating, I don't want heavy foods. Like I want fruit and salads and whatever. Yes. But before my period, on my period, like I'm eating a burger. I want red meat. Boneless burgers, steak, yeah. like all of that good stuff. Yeah. Oh, because I'm about to lose a bunch of blood. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. So you, okay, so you said our metabolism goes up. Yeah. Do, we, do you feel like we need more sleep? Luteal phase, yeah. So like ovulation, you can get away with less sleep because you're like everything's peaking. Yeah. But luteal, yeah. Especially in your period. Yeah. You will, again, you're like taking care of future you. Yay. All the things you do ahead of time, you're getting ahead of these things. You're eating red meat to up your iron stores so you don't feel like death on your period. Magnesium. So again, all of these things are going to get depleted. If we can get ahead of it and we're not like chasing our tail. Yes. Everything changes. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. You have referenced a few times your course. Tell us a little bit about Balanced Babe Blueprint. <laughs> so I have an online course. It's a self-paced online course called the Balanced Babe Blueprint. It has eight modules. We cover nutrition, metabolism, gut health, sleep, stress, cycle tracking, supplements. There's a recipe ebook. There's Pinterest boards for recipes for each phase of your cycle. There is a masterclass called Breaking Up with Birth Control. So how to prep your body for that transition. There is a masterclass called the Fertility Awareness Method Masterclass. So how to track your cycle, figure that out, either prevent or plan for pregnancy. You can use it both ways. And then there's another masterclass called the Busy Babe Masterclass. So like for women that are like, I'm on the go, I'm a mom, I'm busy, I travel, I work full time, all of these things, like how you can pack and snack and eat on the go to support your hormones. So like I really, people are like, is your course just hormones? I'm like, it's everything because your hormones are everything. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. But yeah, eight video modules, master classes. There's a Facebook group. It's my favorite thing I've ever created. Like, I'm yeah. sure you can relate when you create a course and it helped you, right? It was something that's so near and dear to you. It changed your life. And then to see it changing it, there's over 1,500 women that have enrolled. And like, I think about that and I could cry right now because like at the beginning, I was like, if I help one woman, right. if this changes one woman's life, like it'll be enough. And now to like see this community and everything growing and people like, I'm pregnant and I got pregnant or I was, I thought I was infertile and then I did your course or I was on Clomid for a year. All of these things. I had no idea. It's, it's insane. It is insane. I just, it dream job, you know, yes. dream job. and again, like I, said, I would go through it all over again because it got, it got me here. Well, I am planning to sign up and we will link it in this in the show description for this episode because you are such an incredible educator and you Thank speak you. from a place of I can like hear you and absorb what you're saying and not feel like I'm being lectured or looked down on just like it's relatable but so educational. I'm so thankful for like your presence online and just who you are and that I got to like meet you and make you be my friend. <laughs> Yes, we are friends. We are friends. And it's like, I just, for all the women listening, like, you don't have to do everything, okay? I, if you're watching this, I get my hair done. I get my hair highlighted. I get my nails done. 
I wear clean makeup, but I wear makeup. Like certain things, I eat seed oil French fries when I go out. Like you do not have to do it all. And I still have, which I used to have the most insane periods. You guys, like I said, like heating pad, bloated, painful, cramping, all of those things. I now have like easy, I call it like period unicorn, like easy. Yeah. Three day periods, no acne flare ups, no crazy mood swings, like fluctuations. But I never thought that it would be this way or that it could be this way. And it can't. And it should. Yes. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Of course. I had so much fun. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.